0: The following minicast features highlights from an election special on Young Voters hosted by Laura Flanders. The event took place a couple weeks prior to the New York Democratic Congressional Primary Election, where Democratic Socialist candidate Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez defeated 19-year incumbent Joseph Crowley in an unprecedented win for progressives and socialists across the nation. If she wins the position, she will be the youngest member voted into Congress. Produced by Global Vision and taped at the MNN El Barrio Firehouse Community Media Center in East Harlem, this episode is a co-production of Free Speech
1: TV and Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Hi, I'm Laura Flanders. Welcome to this special program about young voters, millennials, born between 1981 and 1996, and their even younger counterparts, members of the so-called Generation Z. Taken together, these groups now surpass Baby Boomers as America's single largest group of eligible voters. Youthful voters have the power to decide elections should they choose to use it, and issues of concern to them are already having an impact. We'll talk with Catherine Vaughan, co-founder and CEO of Flippable, created, as the name suggests, to flip state legislatures from red to blue. So many groups are coming together and making electoral and democracy issues, truly the civil rights issues that they are. Nathan Rubin, founder of Millennial Politics, which showcases candidates who support the progressive values that are important to many young
2: voters. Millennials are getting more engaged, Mm -hmm. but they're also in a much worse financial position than previous generations.
1: And Reynaldo Pearson, the newly chosen mission director of the grassroots social movement known as Democracy Spring.
2: Well, if your vote didn't count, you know, you wouldn't have billionaires trying to suppress it.
1: Alexandria, tell us a little bit about what went in to your decision to run.
3: When you start kind of knocking on your neighbor's door and talking to them about issues of healthcare, on education, when I started having these conversations, I realized that Our our community, particularly communities of color, particularly young communities, communities with low voter turnout, kind of in turn have been neglected Mm -hmm. by the Democratic Party as well. They say, oh, well, they don't vote, so we don't have to pay attention. It creates a chicken and egg situation that it requires someone to go in and break that cycle. One of the things that has kind of distinguished our campaign is that we're unafraid to really push the line in our district but also nationally. So I was one of the first candidates in the country to come out in favor of the abolishment of ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Um, I come out in favor of a federal jobs guarantee, improved and expanded Medicare for all, um, and also the decriminalization of marijuana and reducing our prisons by about 50 percent in 15 years. And these are big bold ideas and a lot of people would think that this is radical but really what we're finding is that Bold, tangible ideas is what galvanizes Mm. an electorate, especially a young electorate. And I think we can actually have a campaign worth turning out for. Mm. People will turn out when we advance the line on policies like investigation into uh, federal student loan forgiveness and having that program really alleviate the burdens of an entire generation and also revitalize our economy overall.
2: How are you looking at this picture, Nathan? Millennials are getting more engaged, Mm -hmm. but they're also in a much worse financial position than previous generations, and inequality has been worsening for decades. Um, We've seen productivity increase, we've seen corporate profits reach record highs, and wages are stagnant. And when you think about millennials in particular, we came of age during an endless war in the Middle East, during the worst financial crisis in generations, and millennials are rightfully skeptical of institutions. With that said, we need political leaders with courage to say, I recognize your situation, I'm going to address income inequality, look to raise the minimum wage, look to address the student loan crisis, and really meet millennials where they are.
0: Catherine Vaughn, CEO and co-founder,
4: Flippable. Democrats are paying attention to the state level for the first time in a while. We lost over a 1,000 seats during Obama's presidency at the state and local level. It meant that we lost control and majority control of chambers and states across the country. Uh, Republicans in power used their majorities to roll back voting rights, to gerrymander districts, to basically entrench their control. And we've woken up to that. Citizens United allowed a lot of dark money to be poured into state races, particularly on the Republican side. And the Republican Party is the party of the wealthy. And you know, they don't depend on a broad grassroots campaign. And so I do think that there were a lot of nefarious tactics that Republicans practiced that kind of let them sneakily take control of states.
0: Rinaldo Pearson, co-mission director, Democracy Spring. Just a few months ago, the
2: Economist uh, Intelligence Reports uh, Democracy Index said that the United States is no longer a full democracy. Uh, that we're down now to number 21 on that list because of the erosion of public trust in our institutions. Could that be because of the voter suppression bills? Could that be because of the corrupting influence of big money in politics? Voter suppression alone, uh, as Mother Jones has reported, uh, uh, accounted for uh, the scales being tipped. Yeah. Or if you look at voter erasure, the issue of purging, an estimated 1.1 million folks. This is unprecedented. Purge from the rolls, mostly black and brown.
0: Nathan Rubin,
2: CEO and founder, Millennial Politics. When they purge someone from the voter rolls, when they gerrymander to the point where you could win 60, 70 percent of the vote and not have even equal representation, that is not right. That is not American democracy.
0: Catherine Vaughn, CEO and co-founder Flippable. So we have 100 candidates
4: that we're supporting, just to name a few. We're focused on Texas and Pennsylvania right now because they've had primaries already, but we'll be rolling out more, and you can check them out on our website. Um, there's uh, Maria Colette in Pennsylvania, who was both an attorney and then switched her c- career to be a nurse and has represented both represented children in need of legal representation and served patients, and she wants... Uh, universal health care. Um, there is Joanna Katanak in Texas who's running for the state house um, who grew up in the foster care system and really is going to know how to represent all of her constituents because of the experiences that she's had. There's Caleb Frostman who's running in uh, Wisconsin in a special election that Scott Walker tried to cancel. Mm. Um, but he's running because the courts wouldn't let him do it. Um, and he is running as as a white man on a platform of extending civil rights and um, and you know uplifting people of color and ending voter suppression so there are these amazing candidates that I would definitely suggest
0: checking. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez District New York 14 congressional candidate educator organizer and democratic socialist.
3: I'm proud to be part of a national coalition of congressional candidates there are over 55 of us nationwide in 2018 that are rejecting all corporate PAC money and so As a result, some of these candidates are utterly transformational. You have Chardo Richardson out in Florida, who's a veteran and an ACLU lawyer. You have Amy Villella, who's a a working mother who actually... You know tragically lost her daughter due to private health insurer loopholes and so she's running for Congress to change that. You've got Cori Bush who was a pastor, a nurse, and she's she was part of the movement for black lives in Ferguson and now she's running to take that congressional seat and make sure we have criminal justice reform on a federal level and that is what we can accomplish when we are tightly tied to social movements, reject corporate money and run like we've never run before. A House, the average age of a House Democrat is at its highest point in American history Mm history. Average age is 65 years old as a House Democrat. You have to be 25 years old to run for Congress. And so, you know, I think where where we benefit from is the diversity of age represented in our government, because when it's when it's just older Americans that are represented, how are we going to really prepare for things like automation in our economy, um, tuition-free public college, a student loan crisis, and forward forward thinking kind of of, uh, issues as well.
0: You were just listening to a minicast featuring highlights from an election special on Young Voters, hosted by Laura Flanders. Featured panelists included Nathan Rubin, CEO and founder, Millennial Politics, Catherine Vaughn, CEO and co-founder, Flippable, Rinaldo Pearson, co-mission director, Democracy Spring, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, District New York 14, Congressional candidate, educator, organizer, and Democratic Socialist, who defeated 19-year incumbent Joseph Crowley in an unprecedented win for progressives and socialists across the nation in the recent New York Democratic Congressional primary election. Produced by Global Vision and taped at the Eminem Albarrio Firehouse Community Media Center in East Harlem, this episode is a co-production of Free Speech TV and Manhattan Neighborhood Network. To watch the entire special, follow the link in the description accompanying this podcast. Thanks for your support. We could not do this without you. You can make a one-time donation or monthly ongoing donation by going to www.lauraflanders.org. If you like what you're listening to, please take a moment to write a review in Apple Podcasts.
3: Thanks for listening.